This the Black Powder Podcast. Kick up your feet, lean on your armrest, and get your mind blessed on this conquest. Hold a grip like a 12 gauge. Let this moment kick. Black people moving in heaven, some gun ownership. I carry weight, not to keep the camera safe. It's thinking about you, my kids, and my parents' faces. The big topics they don't wanna involve us. Think we're novice, but now we're moving hard with revolvers. This the Black Powder Podcast. Let's get it started. Primer set the powder is lit. It's time to get on target. Welcome to another episode of the Black Party Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Yasuke Fett. And just a general reminder of your marching orders and why we have created the Black Powder Podcast. The main mission is to change the social view of black society and firearms. How do we do that? Glad you asked. We talk, walk, read, write, and think about it to find a better solution for a brighter future for the proper protection of black people. Join us through education, practice, and safety as we take down the stigma of black people and guns one discussion at a time. And just a general reminder, you cannot do a mag dump without a couple of rounds. So if you like what you're hearing and you happen to like this show, send out an email to blackpowderpodcast at gmail.com and let me know what your favorite episode is. Whether or not you agree, disagree, or have questions, please make sure to send them to blackpowderpodcast at gmail.com. And always... Feel free to like, share, and subscribe. The only way to continue to grow is to continue to share this knowledge with other people. And the only way to even get the message out is to let everyone know. So once again, if you like what you heard and would like to continue to hear, please like, share, and subscribe. And as always, you can find us on multiple platforms, especially main ones. Uh, As of recently, we are now on Spotify, Apple iTunes, Google Podcast, Amazon Music, and Audible. First and foremost, Happy New Year, everybody. It is January the 7th, 2023. And this is the official first episode of the Black Powder Podcast for the year of 2023. So, the goal is to try and do my best to make it a good one. It's been a long time since I've hopped back on this space. I've been busy with a lot of things. I had a lot of outside the pod, if you will. Situations come up. I had to study a whole lot. My schedule was pretty jacked up. I was waking up at 2 o'clock in the morning. Uh, sometimes four o'clock in the morning. I think next week I'll be waking up at a decent time. And on top of that, my car decided to die. I really should have dumped that sucker in Lake Lanier when I had the chance. But you know, it is what it is. Uh, ironically enough, the car that I purchased after my car died died. Well, it didn't really die, but it had issues on New Year's Day. So, as you can see, I've been pretty busy over these last few months weeks days seconds minutes hours whatever you want to call it been busy dealing with being an adult that's about it but that does not stop the wheels from turning that does not kill the motivation off i will do my best to try and put out a lot more episodes this year because i i'm predicting i'm gonna have a lot less bs happening but nonetheless let's get into it so, as you all know, last year there was a ridiculous amount of shootings. There was a large amount of concern, especially from parents, due to school shootings that happened, uh, as well as shootings in public areas. If you are not familiar with the shootings that happened, I've got a couple of episodes that discussed them previously. 
and my thoughts and opinions on them. But we're already starting this year off, ironically enough, today with the shooting. Happened exactly 10.47 in the morning. And ironically enough, this is on the PBS.org website, which, you know, side note, I had no idea PBS even had a, a news website, but here we go. Hey, uh, what's this phrase that everybody says? Uh, new year, new me, or something like that? Personally, I don't believe in that. I look at it like once you handle certain situations the previous year, you got to do your best to keep those situations under control. Or make sure you don't uh, come in contact with them the next year or just continue to do better. Shouldn't be no new year, new me. If that's the case, I mean, hell, as we got older, for example, I wouldn't be having these knee pains. I'm 37, about to be 38 this month. But hey, exercise, diet. I know my weakness, but nonetheless, back to where I'm at. Six-year-old student shoots teacher in Virginia classroom, police say. And once again, this is PBS.org. Norfolk, Virginia. A six-year-old student shot and wounded a teacher at his school in Virginia during an altercation inside a first-grade classroom on Friday. Police and school officials in the city of Newport News said an altercation in a first-grade classroom. Okay, already starting to sound weird. Experts said a school shooting involving a six-year-old is extremely rare. Well, no shit. Although not unheard of. Although not unheard of. Okay. So you mean to tell me that there are six-year-olds going around shooting people? I know criminal violence is one thing, but if it's just a you know, regular six-year-old. I, I don't know. They make it seem like it's more of a common thing than usual, but but nonetheless, okay, that that's weird to me. Red flag. Here we go. While Virginia law limits the ways in which a child that age can be punished for such a crime, no students were injured in shooting at Richneck Elementary School. Police said the teacher, a woman in her 30s, suffered life-threatening injuries. Her condition has improved somewhat by the late afternoon, said the Newport News Police Chief, Steve Drew. We did not have a situation where someone was going around the school shooting, Drew told reporters, later adding that the gunshot was not an accident. Drew said the student and teacher had known each other, whoa, sorry about that, in the classroom setting. He said the boy had a handgun in the classroom. And investigators were trying to figure out where he obtained it. The police chief did not provide further details about the shooting, the altercation, or what happened inside the school. Jocelyn Glover, who sent us in fourth grade, told the Virginian Pilot newspaper she got a text from the school stating that one person was shot and another was in custody. My heart stopped, she said. I was freaking out, very nervous, just wondering if that one person was my son. Carlos, her nine-year-old, was at recess. But he said his classmates were soon holed up in the back of a classroom. Most of the whole class was crying, Carlos told the newspaper. <laughs> Parents and students were reunited at gymnasium door. Newport News Public Schools said via Facebook, the police chief did not specifically address questions about whether authorities were in touch with the boy's parents, but said members of the police department were handling that investigation. 
We've been in contact with our Commonwealth attorney, said the local prosecutor, and some other entities to help us best get services to the young man, Drew said. Newport News is a city of about 185,000 people in Southern Virginia, known for a shipyard, which builds the nation's aircraft carriers and other U.S. naval vessels. Richneck was about 550 students who are in the kindergarten through fifth grade. According to the Virginia Department of Education's website, school officials have already said that there will be no classes at the school on Monday. Today, our students got a lesson in gun violence. Yeah, okay, said George Parker III, Newport News School Superintendent, and what guns can do to disrupt not only an educational environment, but also a family a com and a community. Virginia law does not allow six-year-olds to be tried as adults because six-year-olds should not be in any situation to where they could potentially be looked at as adults in the first place. But this is not in the paper. That's my opinion. Hell, it's stone-cold fact. A juvenile judge would have... Oh, excuse me. Uh, a six-year-old is too young to be committed to the custody of the Department of Juvenile Justice if found guilty. A juvenile judge would have authority, though, to revoke parents' custody and place a child under the purview of the Department of Social Services. That sentence right there. Because I'm really curious about, number one, how that six-year-old got a gun. Number two, how he even got into the school. And number three, why did this six-year-old feel it was necessary to bring a weapon into the school. And I can think of a few reasons as to why, none of them really justified, but bullying is a real thing. Long time ago when I got bullied, I used to get my ass kicked a whole lot. That wasn't just fighting, like, it, it was never even playing the field for me, to be honest. It was me fighting a group of five more, five or more, or me trying to fight somebody who was taller and bigger than me. But nonetheless, I had to fight. That was during my times, 85 and up. These times, these modern times, if you will, are different. Because not only do you have a child who's dreading going back to school because of a bully, but you also have that bully who is still bullying that child through social media, through the internet, cyberbullying, the little you know, fancy term is what they call it nowadays. Nonetheless, two parties should be responsible for both these two kids. Two households, if you will. So once again, what the hell is going on in the household? Because a long time ago, like I said, if you had to deal with somebody, you had to deal with them. You fought them tooth and nail, fist, foot, whatever. End of the day, based on how men are you beat each other's ass you get up you dust yourself off wipe the blood off your face clean your nose whatever shake hands and lo and behold you become friends later on crazy how that works but nonetheless it's it's how the social hierarchy is if you can stand your ground and you're willing to stand up somebody doesn't matter if you got your ass kicked or not the fact is that the respect is there i mean it's it's weird but that's what it is we don't have that now. If anything, we got a bunch of kids that are willing to try and solve an issue the adult way, which doesn't make any sense. 
These kids are not ready to handle adult situations. And yet, here they are being given tools that are more so for mature people who are of more sound mind and more developed mind than what the six-year-old has. So once again, where the hell are the parents in this situation? Because if that six-year-old ended up getting, let's just say, a mother left her firearm out and didn't put it back safely. Like, I don't know, she put the damn thing in a sock or something. Then what, what do you expect? And I'm not justifying this by any means. What I'm saying is if you look at the source of the ignorance and you follow where the problems come from, you don't just cover it up by saying we need more gun control. We need to have more gun laws. No, you need to go straight into that family and you need to realize you need them to realize that, hey, you need to make sure this does not happen again or else this is going to fuck up everything that you got planned. Because the social services are real. Basically, if you can't take care of your kid or at least put your kid in an environment to where they can somewhat grow up at, with a healthy mind and, and live a prosperous and fruitful life, once they become preteen, teenage, young adults, old adults, whatever, you are not doing that kid justice. If anything, you're doing that child a great disservice. And yes, they will come and take them away from you. And DFAC is not, look, <laughs> DFAC is not a fun place to go to or deal with because at the end of the day, you're working with one person who may have 100 cases, 200 cases, 300 cases, sometimes 1,000. The government doesn't give a fuck whenever it comes to DFAC. All they want to do is make sure that there's somebody there to check off the check boxes and hear somebody's pity party story and all this other stuff before they move on. And I'm not saying everybody has to deal with the DFAC department. department has to deal with... um. You know, they're not giving out pity party stories, but for the most part, when you're dealing with somebody who's on, let's say, for example, food stamps, and they're not using the food stamps like they're meant to be, because I've seen this back when I lived in Riverdale. You got somebody trying to swipe their EBT card and ask you for money so they can go buy some liquor. What kind of sense does that make? But you know, that's how people utilize the taxpayers' money to get money back from the taxpayers hell with that if you have a child who is in this situation and you're not willing to go and stand up for your child what do you think is going to happen whenever that child actually needs somebody to be there for them? and you're too busy dealing with your job or you're too busy trying to figure out whatever else you got going on in your life it's not fair to that child and it does not give that child the justice that's necessary. On the flip side of that, if you know your child is a badass, why are you not whooping theirs? I've gotten my fair share of ass whoops before. I, I could look, I could sit back and think of two belts my dad had specifically. He had a gray one that had almost like a DNA pattern, like a helix, if you will. And it was thick too. And he had a brown one that had a filigree design on it. So it looked like a bunch of... Uh, Roman leaves or whatever, if you will, to the point where there would be days that when I knew I was going to get my ass whooped, there I would pray for the other belt. And it's like just like Murphy's Law. You pray for one belt, you end up getting another one, and now you got to deal with it because your, your punishment just got extremely more worse. But nonetheless, 
those ass whippings made me into a better man and it kept me out of trouble. And if it wasn't for that, I have no idea where the hell I would be at in my life. I'm not saying I live a perfect life, but I live a somewhat more structured life than somebody who does not know about consequences and repercussions. Whenever it comes to doing stupid shit like this. Fox told the Associated Press Friday evening that he could think of one previous incident involving a child that age. So once again, there is a second incident where a six-year-old ended up shooting a teacher or an adult, whatever. This happened in 2000. A six-year-old boy fired a bullet from a 32 caliber gun inside a UL elementary near Flint, Michigan, 60 miles from Detroit, striking six-year-old Kayla Rowland in the neck. According to an AP article from the time, she died a half hour later. So once again, these children who have barely even passed through the window of their life, if you will, you know, they, they do not deserve to deal with this. You need to be better parents as far as governing your children. If you are not sure how to store your firearm, then maybe you don't need it in the first place. Because at the end of the day, it's not that six-year-old that shot that teacher, it was the parent. You can look at it from whatever angle, which way, whatever you'd like to call it. You can look at it from any perspective that you would like to try and avoid the truth with. But at the end of the day, it's not even directly but it follows along it falls along the pathway the negligence of the parent caused that student to shoot that teacher assuming that's where they got the gun from if not who knows maybe they had a friend a badass friend that came across that firearm gave that firearm to the 6 year old and then maybe the 6 year old took that gun and now it wasn't necessarily just the six-year-old that shot that teacher. Now it was the friend who provided the six-year-old with the gun. But nonetheless, you go back down the path, that friend's parent should have been the one to prevent that situation in the first place. Then you have gang violence. I don't know what percentage of gang violence is there in Virginia, but nonetheless, we did have COVID happen recently. We did have a lot of things shut down. We did have a lot of kids that were kind of straying away and ended up finding other things to do. It's a small percentage chance of this happening, but hey, it's still a percentage. Maybe he got the gun from somebody who wanted him to quote unquote prove himself. Who knows? End of the day, keep your kids close, protect them. That's all I'm saying. And of course, they're going to give you the statistics and everything that's happened. Uh, it, it looks it goes further on in the article because I think they've gone all the way back to 1970 talking about school shooting data and everything else. You know, the, the basic horror story that comes from firearms, which is what brings us to uh, people wanting to have more gun control. But wait. This was the first shooting of this year. 
So, what could be worse than shootings? You can hurt people without shooting them. And you can sneak more into a school other than just firearms. When I was younger, <laughs> bird in the background. When I was younger, I remember a couple of my classmates. Uh, this was what, probably high school, early high school, let's say uh, ninth grade. Ninth grade. Used to bring pocket knives to work. Nothing like super deadly like a, a Columbia River knifing tool or a standard operator gear knife or K bar or whatever, whatever you will, whatever tools of the trade you like to mention. Bench made, list goes on. You know, they just bought in a simple Swiss Army knife, a pocket knife, whatever. It wasn't anything that was necessarily meant to freak out everybody because things are different for the most part it's like oh cool wow don't tell anybody that's a cool knife now we are beginning this year with stabbings so let's go ahead and start out with the one that happened recently this is the bronx news 12 on their website articles reads as follows the date is january 6 2023 at 9 37 updated a day ago by the new 12 staff two yonkers middle school excuse me middle high school students charged with attempted murder for stabbing a 16 year old the article goes as follows two yonkers middle school students have been charged with the attempted murder following a fight friday Police say a 16-year-old was stabbed three times during an incident that began in a restroom at around 8.30 in the morning. The student is still in the hospital. News 12 saw a cell phone video that shows how fast the incident played out. If it wasn't for a fast-acting school resource officer, there may have been a bigger tragedy. Police said that they are reviewing the surveillance video. A steady stream of parents and family members rushed to Yonkers Middle High School yeah, middle high school, wow. Friday morning, a student frantically texted and called to be picked up after a fellow student was stabbed. Many feared the incident could lead to violent retaliation. Yonkers police confirmed a 16-year-old high school student was punched, kicked, and stabbed three times in the torso and extremities. It happened after a verbal dispute started in a second-floor bathroom and then spilled into a hallway where a school resource officer intervened. The victim was in stable condition and was rushed by ambulance to a hospital with injuries that were not life-threatening. The two 17-year-old suspects have been categorized as adult, excuse me, as adolescent offenders under New York's raised age legislation. Classes on campus resumed within 30 minutes after the incident and the school's pupil support staff was made available for staff and students. Police said there were no threats to public safety and that they are investigating whether the incident is gang-related. Mo Kennedy, executive director of the National Association of School Resource Officers, said, in order to prevent violence in schools, it needs to be addressed on two fronts, standard security and relationships. Kennedy explained, for starters, a full assessment of the school security protocols might be in order. Oh, well, I remember doing a podcast about that. You should go back in time, check that out. We talked about a certain amount of money that was given to school, school systems to be dispersed amongst other school systems that make sure that there's some sort of security amongst 
those school systems. Yeah. Anyway. Yes, we want to make sure that they that we're trying to have a handle on what's being brought into the school. There's so many ways that challenges are created there, and one of those is through perimeter security issues, Kennedy said. Yeah, now that I think about it, the influx of students in schools is also another issue. When I first moved to Georgia, I'd say it was probably like around 98, 2000, the school I went to was, they already had trailers. And normally whenever a school starts having trailers, obviously that means that the school is reaching the, blim as far, the brim as far as how many students they have. And not only did they have trailers, but the amount of trailers kept increasing to the point where they actually rolled around the school. They went around the school perimeter. So you can already imagine how fair it was trying to get to your next class. You got to fight through crowds of students who were just hanging out between periods. You got to get to your locker all the way on one side of the school and then try and run to the other side of the school just to get to that trailer. Yeah, I ended up getting uh, detention or something like that because I couldn't, literally I walked through the door and I was a minute late. First time I ever had to deal with in-school punishment, but nonetheless, I mean, it just wasn't, wasn't fair to the students. So if you take that and multiply it by, however many students have been put into these schools now you can imagine that it doesn't make it a, a it doesn't make it easy to police these schools to handle these students and deal with situations on a consistent basis i mean if getting to class is that bad i can only imagine how horrendous it has to be for the school superintendent security officers whatever they are to try and make sure that these issues maintain some sort of uh, civility but that's just that's an opinion honestly don't know what the the numbers are i couldn't tell you but i just remember from my personal experience you know my anecdotal experience schools were continuing to grow even after they built a new school the same thing happened shortly after with that new school the student count continued to grow and eventually this new school that I went to had started putting trailers out there and I, I remember when my brother graduated high school the trailer count had increased tremendously now I don't know if they built another school to deal with that situation or not but it's just an endless cycle of trailers and schools more trailers and more schools which means that there's more people to try and control. Nonetheless, back to the article. He said, what is even more important is that school resource officers and school staff build relationships with students, not just a simple hello, but real meaningful relationships. Well, I mean, let's be real. After everything that happened with COVID and everything that happened in the past, and what you're paying most of these students and the fact that you, let's be real, don't have a lot of male students there, excuse me, a lot of male teachers there, you could, but let's be honest, there's, there's not a lot of male teachers anymore. You're not going to have somebody that is that authority figure that's going to step in there and make sure 
that these situations aren't going to happen. If anything, you have a lot of trust put into these systems to the point where when a student goes to the restroom, the teacher's automatically thinking, okay, fine, whatever. They're going to the bathroom. They'll be right back. I got to continue to teach the rest of these students. They're not considering, not that they should, but nonetheless, they're not considering the fact that something bad could happen. Which to me is also ironic because, hell, when you, you're going to go take a piss. You're going to go take a piss. That's about it. You're not going to get a bathroom pass to go fight Tito in the bathroom or Rashad in, in the janitor's closet. I mean, that's not what that was about. When you really had to go, you had to go. It's weird times, man. Kennedy says strengthening those connections makes it more likely a student will warn staff about a possible upcoming fight. It's easy to put the hall monitor out there and, and see something, say something, and it's important. But it works much better when somebody in the environment has a relationship that's good enough so that they are comfortable coming to the SRO, he added. If you want that amount of trust, pay your teachers more. End of the day, teachers are not, they're not full, uh, full family members. They're not full adults. Yes, I know they say that it takes a village to raise a child, but you're not going to have the same amount of passion that teachers used to have in these schools now because you're missing so many vital elements to the point where it may be too late. Who knows? You'd have to start a whole nother program in order to get kids to realize that these adults here in this building are not here trying to police you and, and make you do all this stuff so you could, quote unquote, feel like you're being punished. If anything, these students need to be told or find some level of understanding to the point where that these teachers are not jailers. These teachers are there to help build the future of the community. And if you want to be part of the future of the community, great. If you don't want to be part of the future of the community, then there's in-school suspension, there's suspension from school, there's so many other things that could be utilized in order to make sure that incidents like this don't happen. Sorry parents, but if your kid screws up to the point where they get suspended from school, you don't need to blame the school unless it's actually the school being malicious, but nonetheless, if you know your kid is a rock-hearted badass, a rock-headed badass, you don't have anybody to blame, but who's under that roof. And that that was me back then, which is one reason why I made sure it wasn't. I will be seeing one or two belts and there'll be punishments on a consistent basis. If anything, if I had the nerve to act up like I was a grown adult, then damn it, they would treat me like a grown adult. That mentality is gone. Let's go to the next one. This is dated January 6, 2023. Updated at 4.09 p.m. This is the KSBW Action 8 News. Middle school students stabbed at Seaside School by another student. We already had Yonkers in New York. Let's go ahead and 
Where is Seaside at? Seaside is California. A student was stabbed by another student at a middle school in Seaside on Friday. According to officials from Monterey Peninsula Unified School District, the incident took place at a community day middle school. According to the Seaside Police Department, officers were called to the school after a reporter stabbing around 1 p.m. Police said that the injury was minor and no one was seriously hurt. Yeah, it's easy to make that statement, but from the mind of the children and everything that's going on, the fact that violence, let's say extreme violence that these kids were not used to, happened? Yeah. Okay. In a statement to the press, the MPUSD said the following. The safety and well-being of our students and staff are top priority. An incident occurred between two students on a community day middle school at the Educational Options Campus late this afternoon. Law enforcement was contacted and the situation was immediately controlled. The district will work collaboratively with law enforcement to investigate the incident fully and respond accordingly. Over the past year, we've seen an increase in youth-related violence, police said. Well, no shit. Community Day Middle School is a school for students who have been expelled from school or have problems with attendance, according to the MPUSD's website. The school serves troubled students in many ways, reads the district's website. That was it. That was the whole article. So I, that reminds me, it's like, even though the student is being belligerently malicious with the intent to hurt another student, there's still a backup school. Hell in Georgia, we had when it was called, it was uh, in Stockbridge. It was called Patrick Henry. Patrick Henry was that school that the kids would go to whenever they weren't doing too well in class. And it was pretty much similar. It, it just, it baffles me. I mean, eventually you're gonna, have, they're gonna get to the point where if these students cannot be controlled by the school, let alone their family, there's gonna have to be some consequences. Maybe you gotta start life early. Maybe you gotta flip a couple of burgers. I don't know. See what the real world is like. Long time ago, they used to have those bootleg, uh, uh, was it the little sitcoms like Ricky Lake or Jenny Jones or whatever, you know, in all their glory. But nonetheless, they had to scare straight days. Military come out, the, the ex, uh, ex street member would come in, you know, just take these kids on their wing, show them exactly what their future is going to look like. I think that's the other thing. It goes back to the relationships that the students are supposed to have with the teachers. You cannot see what your future is going to look like if there is nobody of more of a senior age there to tell you or show you or guide you towards positive outcomes. I remember in college, I had two different types of teachers. Now granted, I had multiple teachers, but nonetheless, these two stand out. Because the ones I'm talking about are, one is on the greatest end of the spectrum as far as teachers go. And the other one was just at the very, very bottom. This is the most horrible teacher I ever had. And I've had some pretty bad teachers, but this dude was is the king of shit teachers. But nonetheless, if these students are being taught like 
the negative end of the spectrum where teacher comes in starts talking about much ado about nothing sets up the powerpoint reads exactly every single damn word out of the powerpoint hands out the test test has nothing to do with what was on a powerpoint so he has to grade everybody on an extreme curve i'm talking about georgia cyclone Texas giant type curve. I mean, passing everybody with an A. That's one thing. But if you had a teacher like the one I had, who I still consider my mentor to this day, if you had a teacher who's like that, who has the PowerPoint in the classroom, will go over the PowerPoint, will potentially say it word for word but as they are saying the sentence they break away from that powerpoint just to make sure that everyone everyone understands the content and actually challenges those people there you're gonna have your students develop a drive to where they are in an environment to where they're confident and they feel they can, they can succeed. We are not instilling confidence in these students. If anything, I can't tell sometimes if these are schools or these are prisons. Because at the end of the day, if all you're doing is hurting people from room to room, having them carry these books, you don't have enough room for lockers for everybody. You don't have enough ways for these kids to get from point A to point B in a timely manner. And there is punishments for not making it to, in a timely manner to your next class. If all you're doing is providing strife and struggle for these children, these young adults, if you will, you're not going to create an environment of positivity, of confidence, of guaranteed knowledge. And hell, I remember when I had a teacher, because we used to write poetry in uh, English class. I used to love poetry long, long time ago. I had a teacher come up. He said he's going to submit my poem to like the, the school newspaper or something. I don't know. He's going to follow up on it. So I followed up, on, uh, followed up with him three days within the span of three weeks. Eventually... I got to the point where I just didn't give a damn anymore. I stopped asking that man about the submission of my, my work to the school paper. He never even followed up on it. I stopped following up on it. And it got to the point where I lost interest in his class. And I think it, it probably did affect my want to do well in that class as well. Just like I can think of another teacher. You know, this is middle school now. No, I'm sorry. This is high school now. We were doing middle school, if not the starting, the starting point of pre-K work. Because they had us doing arts and crafts and this English literature class. I think this was when I was in ninth grade. Eighth grade, I was in a different school. Ninth grade, I'd started a brand new school. And you know, I'm already a tall guy. I'm six, I think six two already. Sitting here and they're like, 
Read these books. We're going to read these books. You're going to learn about this stuff. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, cool. Now go ahead and paste these words that match up with the actions that happen in the books. And here I am, a big-ass pre-teenager with some peach fuzz on my lip trying to paste some stuff on us. Oh, God, it was bad. It was bad. That's the mentality that these, these students are probably dealing with, if not worse. But nonetheless, back to back to the stories. Uh, this one is dated January 5th, 2023. Medford High School rolls out safety plan following student stabbing. So this is after a stabbing happened. This is Boston.com. Bathroom monitors, hall passes, and additional school resource officer are part of the Medford's 10-point plan. Bathroom monitors, hall passes, and an additional school resource officer. You can already tell tax dollars are at work. This is going to be a long one, folks. Thanks for bearing with me. If you like what you heard, as always, please subscribe. Please share with other people. If you got some thoughts and opinions about what I'm saying or if you agree with it, like I say, always Black Powder Podcast at gmail.com, Black Powder Podcast on Instagram, Black Powder Podcast on Twitter. Hit me up. I'm there. Leave comments, like, share, subscribe. I know it sounds basic vanilla, but at the end of the day, I cannot grow if you cannot help me. And if you like what you heard, please like, share, and subscribe. I know there's not a lot of people out there that have liked, shared, and subscribed because as far as that giveaway that happened, I still got the goods. I got the six iron Foxtrot light. I still got the 511 advent calendar. There's one more thing I was trying to give away. CRKT uh, Hisatsu fixed blade knife. That's what I was trying to give away. I still got all of those items. I might have to try and give away later on in the future. I don't know. If I get enough people, yeah, I'll do it. But please, I want to give the stuff away. And the only way I could do it is if y'all are active and interested. So please like, share, subscribe, whether it's through word of mouth, whatever. Let people know. Like I said, this is going to be a long one. Let's go. Less than a month after one student allegedly stabbed another in the school bathroom, allegedly, Medford High School is rolling out a 10-point safety plan. The December 19th stabbing spurred a student walkout, and dozens of students and parents flooded a Medford school committee meeting that week to demand action on school violence. We are confident that the immediate steps we have taken and steps we will take in the weeks ahead will result in dramatic changes to the culture and the climate at Medford High School. Superintendent Maurice... Edward Vincent said in the press release announcing the plan. Come on now. Computer stop scrolling. The new safety measures include a bathroom schedule, which will see the most which will see most bathrooms closed before and after school. Staff will monitor bathrooms throughout the day, allowing no more than two students in at once. The Metro Police Department will also assign an additional school resource officer to the high school for the remainder of the school year. 
For their part, students will need to display their school ID card at all times, remain on campus throughout the school day, eat lunch in the cafeteria, and use hall passes when leaving class. Some parts of the action plan went into effect as students returned to school following the holiday break. Others, including administrating a school culture and climate survey and hiring a district communications director, will be implemented by February, according to the district. The entire community is committed to giving our students the education they deserve in a safe, thriving learning environment, Edward Vinson said. Okay. <laughs> wow, the comments. And, and this is... Lord. <laughs> this one's trolling. Uh, they should have a safe space area where people or furries can go if they feel unsafe. Wow. Wow. Yes, brain conservative. School should be a safe place for all. That's from CM Burns 27. Metacom. This is a day ago. First line of defense, it's a mask up, lol. User named Krylon. Medford has a plan to combat school violence. Boston ignores the problem of school violence. Okay. Uh, are there responses to this mess? This is crazy. The safety plan should include incarceration. This was from a user that was called, please try again. Um, number one woman. These kids today sicken me. The walkout or the demanding safer schools. <laughs> number one woman was responded to by Mike Truck with that one and then they also responded from another person Arlo Ozzy 3 I'm absolutely certain that you sickened them also Sparky and the comments violated the policy okay it's, it just amazes me sometimes you know like we got these issues and we can't even get people on the same page as far as trying to find common ground to keep children safe. You got to go go ahead and put your two cents in and like, yeah, furry area, safety. Okay, cool. Instead of trolling and complaining, help find a solution. You know, and I'm not saying that these are going to be solutions that are easily going to pop out of one's head and then become law or whatever. But as I like to say, quit your bitch and show some pride, man, the fuck up. Come up with some solution that is actually going to make a difference and help fix the future of our children. God, that sounded political, but you know what? It's the truth. Because just like everybody else, I'm tired of hearing about school shootings, school stabbings, whatever. The school can only do so much. At the end of the day, if you are not keeping your kids straight, there is in the school failure. There is a parental failure. Or maybe it's just half and half of the shit sandwich that both sides have to eat. Anyway, let's go. Fox 8 News. Dated January 4th. One student in custody following Lorraine High School stabbing lockdown. Excuse me. One student in custody following Lorraine High School stabbing lockdown lifted. This is uh, posted at 12:59 p.m. Updated 
at 3.05 p.m. on the same day. Lorraine, Ohio. Lorraine High School lifted its level two lockdown after an altercation involving a knife took place late Wednesday morning. A level two lockdown means all students and staff are to remain inside their classrooms and offices with doors locked and no one is allowed in the hallways, the school district said in a Facebook post around 1220. The school said the move was cautionary, also allowing authorities to assess the situation. The lockdown lasted about an hour and the school day resumed as usual. Lorraine police said the two students involved in the incident were treated for their injuries on scene, then taken to a hospital, and that all injured parties are in stable or better condition. A small knife was also found at the scene, and police said one male student is currently in custody. An investigation is underway. All students found to be involved will face discipline in accordance with district policy and past practices, the school district said in a statement. End of the article. KETV.com. Two students cut during altercation at Omaha Burke High School. This is dated January 4th, 2023. Updated at 1015. KETV Omaha 7, which is part of the ABC network. Wow. Omaha, Nebraska. Two students were cut during an altercation at high school Wednesday, according to Omaha Public Schools. During a passing period Wednesday at Omaha Burke High School, a student displayed a knife and two other students were cut, the district said. Around 11.20 a.m., the on-duty school resource officer responded to the disturbance, which caused minor injuries, according to Omaha Police. According to a letter sent by the Burke High School principal, Darren Rasmussen, to parents, the altercation involved a small number of students. Staff and security immediately responded to de-escalate the situation. The incident was under control quickly without the need to police the school, or excuse me, place the school in hold or secure, Rasmussen said in a letter to the parents. The chaos was caught on camera Wednesday, the first day back for students after Christmas vacation. Well, damn. The nurse at Burke was able to provide medical attention to those who needed it, according to the high school. We continue to work with the families of the students involved and appropriate disciplinary action will be taken, Rasmussen said in the letter. Omaha police is working with Omaha Public Schools to investigate the incident. One mom told KETV one of the reasons she wanted her daughter to go to Burke is because she graduated from there in 2006. Now she regrets sending her there and may even transfer her based on what happened. You know, it's a little scary as a parent, you know? Your kids going to school to be safe and learn things, and then you're getting videos of kids getting cut, said Lee Lynn Tuttle. Let's read that last part. You're getting videos of kids getting cut. So just like adults, actually, I don't even know if I can say just like adults. This is childish behavior. You have some adults that display this childish behavior. How exactly, you ask? Let me explain it. World star hip-hop. Instagram. ATL Scoop. Only in Dade. Snapchat. So on, so forth. Do I have your attention yet? 
Nobody gives a damn about safety anymore. The only thing that people nowadays give a damn about is going viral. To the point where you'll see videos of, for example, at the airport, somebody getting ran over by a laugh truck. Or the more recent two students fighting in a hallway in Omaha, frickin' Nebraska. One pulls out a knife and starts stabbing people. First off, it's Nebraska. No offense to people that live there, but nonetheless, when I hear Nebraska, I'm not thinking stabbings or people getting hurt or whatever. I could be wrong. I don't know. I don't really live there. I know about it. Been there a few times, but never really lived there. Why is this damn video online in the first place? Why is it even important to film a video in the first place? And if anything, if these two individuals had friends that actually gave a damn about them, where were the friends at to break this shit up? Because at the end of the day, if you've got two people that are willing to kill themselves at this age, there's a problem and there's a failure there somewhere. What that failure is, I don't know. But if I didn't have people to pull me out of situations when I was young, who knows what would happen? And normally, I was the person trying to, to stop these situations from happening in the first place. Because that's how my parents raised me. My parents did a damn good job. Am I a perfect son? No. But do I give it my best wherever I can and try and be considered to be an upstanding citizen and not, not cause any bullshit? I mean, yeah, I try my best because in all honesty, I'm not trying to have my black ass in jail. But that's just me and that's how I was raised. In this situation though, And thinking back on it, even in previous situations in my life, you got a lot of friends that like to be onlookers, that like to see the end result of what will happen to you. You don't have anybody that's willing to stand next to your side and say, yeah, I was involved in this shit too. So now both of us have to deal with it. You ain't got nobody that's ride or die like that anymore. If anything, you got people that will hype up your friends or yourself to the point where they'll push you out into the mess and expect you to put up a good show while they go and record everything that you're doing. Doing it for the gram. World star. That's more important than making sure that the bonds of friendship are maintained through the protection of those relationships. You can't have a friend if your friend is dead. And you don't have any kids that are willing to stand up and make sure that said friends do not get involved in shit like this. Back to the article. Like, I'm scared every day to send my daughter to school and that shouldn't be a problem. Tuttle's daughter is a freshman. 
She says fights like this happen all the time and that this wasn't even the first one Wednesday. By the way, the video wasn't entitled Y'all Burke in Words Crazy. With the laughing and tear emojis. Let that sink in. You can see where the priorities are at. Tuttle believes there needs to be some changes at the school level and also at home. I think us as parents in the community and the school, we all need to do better. We need to do better with our kids, make sure that they know that violence is not the answer to if they have a problem with each other and to talk about it, Tuttle said. That's the first comment that I've seen since I've been doing this podcast that is actually trying to find a solution amongst the community. I'm thinking about printing that shit out and maybe putting it on the wall. All this mess happened from stabbings. I've only read one shooting story. I have read several stabbing stories and we're not even, what what is this, day number seven? We're not even 10 days into this fucking year yet. Don't worry, I'm marinating, I'm cooking, because when I get to the end, You'll see. Just stay with me. Let's go back in time. April 1st, 2022, 7.49 in the morning. School officials, Georgia high school student repeatedly stabbed during classroom fight. School officials in Georgia say a classroom fight turned bloody when a student used a pencil to repeatedly stab another student. A freaking pencil. Excuse me for John Wick, but it is what it is. Atlanta, Georgia, and this is a WJCL, what is the name of this? Yeah, WJCL 22, ABC. Granted, this is probably another city's news channel, but nonetheless, apparently it was big enough to be put on news nationally. Parents of students of Mountain View High School, Lawrenceville, Georgia, received a letter Thursday about an incident at school. According to the letter, two ninth grade students began exchanging punches shortly before 1 p.m. in the classroom. During the fight, one of the students used a pencil to stab the other student several times. The student who stabbed or <laughs> the student who stabbed or quote unquote poked the other student was taken into custody by the school resource officer. The other student was taken to a hospital for treatment. The school says they will have grief counselors at the school on Friday for any students who may feel uneasy after watching the fight and seeing their classmates blood on the floor. They will also have the extra school resource officers on campus. The letter advises parents to talk to their children, to be aware of their social media activity, and to listen to their concerns. I always find it mildly interesting that the school has to tell the parents what to do in order to help prevent this stuff. And even still, I I just, I do not understand it. I'm not trying to understand it. If anything, I think it's just sad as fuck. 
let me just call it what it is. Excuse my language. You know how this podcast can get sometimes. Nonetheless, sometimes you got to call it what it is. Why is it every time a situation like this breaks out, you have to be told how to be an adult. You have to be told how to be a parent. You have to trickle down the information, if you will, to go back and have those parents do the responsible thing by guiding their children the right way and telling them the exact way how they should be bringing their children up. And I guarantee you, some of those parents probably, if they even read the letter, they probably looked at it and said, you ain't gonna sit here and tell me how to raise my child. Somebody's gotta do it. Cause obviously you're not raising them. And God bless the parents that are actually giving a damn about their kids, telling them every day that they had to watch out, they had to be ready, they had to be willing to fight back. If anything happens, don't be afraid to fight back and protect yourself. Stand up for yourself. If somebody starts it, you end it. The list goes on and on and on. This is shit that I was told as a kid growing up. And you damn sure better believe some fists were swinging in school. I didn't have a choice. I was the one that would, I, I didn't even want to start the fights. I didn't. If anything, I was always on defense. But you damn sure better believe I was fighting back. That's what you got to do. This is the world we live in. And in the day, you are your first line of defense. Nonetheless, just like gun laws, you got a lot of these people who are trying to convey the message of the schools to the people that are responsible in carrying every single day. But just like the schools, you have those people that are ready, willing, and able to violate those laws on a consistent basis. They do not care. What makes it difficult is those people that were told that they are the first line of defense whenever it comes to their self-protection and preservation. Those people that are told that no one else is going to have your back. Those people that obviously realize that those quote unquote friends that are supposed to be there normally are not gonna have their back. So it's gonna be up to them to save their own ass are now civilians. The ones that are law-abiding citizens. The ones that these powder fluff people who think guns are a dangerous thing, and yes, they are if you neglect them, but if you educate yourself, no, they are not. But nonetheless, these powder puff people that sit here and tell the responsible people who have taken the time, who have spent countless hours at the range, who has spent countless money on education, who has spent countless years trying to perfect a skill 
to protect themselves and protect others as well as their main family unit. You are sitting here telling them that they do not have the right to protect themselves. And if anything, they are supposed to have even more laws put against them. If you already have a law-abiding citizen and you give them more restrictions and more laws and you tell them exactly how they're supposed to do something without actually understanding it yourself, where does your authority come in at? Because if you want me to disarm as a person and I stop carrying on a consistent basis, you're going to have situations come up to where you will have to rely on the police response time. And let's be real. Even if there's police right up the street, it's not going to take them five minutes. You're going to see those police 15, 20, 30 minutes. Ironically enough, my girlfriend hit a deer. Last month, she hit a deer. Deer came running out of the forest. This is a wooded area near uh, uh, logistics facilities, right? So basically places where the 18 wheelers get their cargo, whatever. Nonetheless, five o'clock, four o'clock, it was early in the morning, before six o'clock in the morning. She's driving down a main road. Deer just darts out from one side of the road, tries to make it to the other side of the road. She's got a little hatchback. The deer almost makes it, but she rams the sucker right in the hip. Now here's the funny part. Everybody's saying, call the police, call the police. You have to be a law-abiding citizen. You can't take the law into your own hands. Now granted, nobody's gonna sit here and try and be the fucking punisher, but nonetheless, this is what people are trying to tell you to do. So let's go ahead and say that we do call the police. Back to the story. She called the police. First person she called was the police. Second person she called was me. When I got up there, the police were already there. Now granted, I had to put clothes on, find car keys, and I think the distance already was, let's say five to 10, yeah, five to 10 minutes away. Five minutes I was in the car. 10 minutes I was up there. Again, she called the police first, which is what you're supposed to do in an incident. Police officer was there. Well, there's nothing I can do for you because this isn't my jurisdiction. We'll send another officer to take a report from this jurisdiction. An officer who has jurisdiction on this side because you're on the county line. There's nothing I can do for you. Are you okay? Okay, we'll send the police. That officer had been, had showed up 30 minutes later. 30 minutes, mind you. Let's do the math. If it took me about 15 minutes to get up there, she probably called with 15 minutes on the clock. Or rather, when she called, it must have been a 15 minute phone call because, you know, they had to collect information and everything else. When she got done with them, she probably called me second. My response time, 15 minutes. Their response time, 30 minutes. The next officer's response time, 30 minutes. You add 30 to 30, well, how many minutes is that? 60. How many minutes are in an hour? 60. 
for a deer. And you expect me to sit back and rely on the police all the time. At the end of the day, the only people who are going to be responsible for holding other people accountable, the right people, and not just people in general, especially when it comes to your feelings, there's going to be us. Going to be regular everyday civilians who follow the laws, who obey the laws, but at the end of the day, should not be given more laws to constrain the rights of those civilians whenever they are doing the best that they can in order to make sure that they are being responsible. There are certain rules, regulations, and laws that apply to operating firearms. Just like there's certain rules, regulations, and laws that should apply to young children going to school. At the end of the day, after all these school shootings that everybody was worried about last year, we're now rolling into this year with school stabbings. How long will it be before they're going to try and have a let's just say, I don't know, stricter knife laws. Or in this case, stricter pencil laws. Who knows? End of the day, let's hope for the best. We already know what this year looks like in the beginning. Don't take it with you. Just learn from it. Keep your kids safe. Keep your family safe. No matter what, you got to live your life. Don't be afraid to do it. This is not going to be the year of craziness. This is not going to be the year where we all turn into these sheep that are actually going to sit back and, and rely on somebody else to take care of these situations for us. Because at the end of the day, if all of us are armed, we don't have to worry about this mess. Because in the back of everybody's mind is, let me not make this jump off because we're all responsible adults here. And we could all potentially be caring right now. And I'm not trying to get shot by everybody. So I'm to think about. Thank you for your time. Thank you for listening. As always, like, share, subscribe. Like I said, you can find us at uh, Black Powder Podcast on uh, most, if not all, main platforms. Audible, Spotify, uh, YouTube, music, and uh, what is the name of Audible? on Audible, which is a book app, but nonetheless, I'm on it. So once again, Black Powder Podcast, this has been another successful mag dump. Happy New Year to you. Let's make it a good one. This the Black Powder Podcast, let's get it splitting. We got the wisdom hitting targets with a mark with precision. We're having fun in the booth, we're running gun for the truth. Yeah, every future black gun owner was spreading the news. We do illegal, we're moving regal and blessing the people. Some hopes for the culture, we keep it locked like guns in our holster. Holding it down as we're loading the rounds. If they were nervous back then, then they're gonna be scared of us now. Black Powder Podcast, we'll be back in a while. Yeah.